This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Yes, the sound effects before the show are making everybody around here uh, grow, grow, <laughs> Gotta love this show. We always kind of break down that fourth wall. Ladies and gentlemen, loaded show for you again today. Uh, now the cancel culture lunatics are coming for the Texas Rangers. The Texas Rangers, the law enforcement entity, uh, no, the baseball team. Yes, uh, the baseball team. Apparently, the Texas Rangers name is now uh, racist, too. Uh, I told you this would never stop. I got that. More on the schools, the argument over kids going back to schools, and this dreaded proposal now and enacting of more lockdowns in California, which are going to crush people, crush the economy, and I promise you, put you more at risk, not less at risk for the coronavirus. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your online activity today from those prying eyeballs. Get a VPN. Don't wait. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Joe, I was lost yesterday in the beginning of the show without you. Couldn't ground <laughs> myself in the welcome message. Welcome back. Good to hear from you again. I know you were listening yesterday, but we had some technical difficulties. How are you, fine, sir? Oh, man, you know, it's uh, it's really nice to be missed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you yeah, are. I, I told well. Paula, we actually, <laughs> right, Paula, did I not? I had a little mini meltdown in the beginning of the show. I'm like, I can't, I, I, I can't do it. I had to start over like four or five times. Now you're back. Everything's good. So, all right, <laughs> let's get right to it. Today's show brought right. to you by our friends at Parlor. <laughs> Parlor, I am one of the owners in Parlor. Full disclosure, as they say, before the spot here. But right now, big tech companies are silencing conservators. They're blocking, banning, censoring, demonetizing, and deplatforming. I've been a victim of this while hiding behind Section 230 protection. You know all the entities that do it. They're taking away your constitutional rights to speech. And somewhere along the way, we forgot that. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Parler, P-A-R-L-E-R. We are the hottest new social media app on the market out there. Go and get your uh, handle today. Claim your name today. Don't wait. It's a news and free speech app that won't silence your opinions or violate your privacy. Simply download the app. Go to the App Store. Get it today. Create your account. Post, share, and speak freely. It's better than Facebook. It's better than Twitter. I love it. And we will not kick you off for being a conservative. Go to parlor.com or visit the App Store today and download it. Don't wait, ladies and gentlemen. Set it up today. Listen, just to be clear, I'm not asking you to delete your other accounts. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just telling you, make Parlor your new social media home where you can be free to speak. We're not afraid of opposing, opposing viewpoints. Tell your liberal friends to come over too. I'm on Parlor. You can follow me there at DBongino. That's parlor.com or find this in the App Store, P-A-R-L-E-R. And if you want to see exclusive behind the scenes before the show, I only do on Parlor. Follow me on Parlor at DBongino. I do them every morning before the show. Don't miss it. All right, Joe, let's go. There we go. Everybody missed the bell, including <laughs> terrestrial yeah. partners. Complaints across the country about no bell yesterday. All right, so let me get right to it. So now, ladies and gentlemen, they're coming for the Texas Rangers. What did I warn you about? 
Cancel culture, folks. Cancel culture is not about canceling anything. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not about racism, xenophobia, misogyny, or any of the things cancel culture claims it's about. You know why? Do you know why that is? Because you may, that, that statement may sound somewhat controversial. If I don't mean to sound insulting, but if you're uninformed about the issue. It's not about that because, ladies and gentlemen, those things are canceled by everyone, not cancel culture. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't believe me? If you were in a, let me just, let's, can we do a thought experiment? Joe, those work, yeah. right? Let's do a thought experiment. Okay. Maybe, maybe an analogy, a story, a narrative will work better. If you were sitting at a group of, of friends of yours, right? You're at a table, dinner with 15, 20 people, whatever it may be. It's a, a party, a get together, kids communion afterwards. That was the last thing we went to. And we had a little thing in the restaurant and you decided to drop a couple jokes with the N-bomb in it, right? Yeah. How do you think that would go over? Oh, well, I think you all, oh, Ooh, yeah, no, it wouldn't go over. Matter of fact, uh, appropriately so, you'd probably be asked to leave and be given the boot immediately yeah. because we've evolved as a country. We understand like it's pretty much the worst thing you can do is judge people by the melanin component of their skin. We get that. The country has come a very long way. We're a great place. We've made our mistakes, but this is the greatest country and the freest country on earth. For people of all skin colors, races, religions, you all get it. You don't need a lecture from me. That's not cancel culture. That's just human dignity. Cancel culture has to find, go out and find new evidence of things to be offended, but they have uh -huh. to search for things to be offended about, right? They were uh -huh. never offended before. Right. The Redskins name. The Redskins name. You know, Redskins name is not a. Keep in mind, they polled Native Americans about this, who were supposed to be offended. And the last poll I saw is nine of ten Native Americans couldn't give a hoot about the Redskins name at all as it relates to feeling offended. But liberal social justice warriors have to go find things to be offended about. Here, Joe. Pro tip for those at home: mm -hmm. if you have to go out and hunt for something to be offended about. You were probably not offended in the first place. Just throwing there that out there go. for general consumption. That's the way. It Just say yes, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, is this an inaccurate statement? Changing the name of the Redskins or huh. the Washington Football Team, as the liberal media snobs choose to call them, <laughs> yeah. changing the name of the Redskins will not save one black life at all, or Hispanic life, or white life, or mm -hmm. Asian life, or female life or someone who is gay, or an immigrant, or anything else. Not one. And what I find ironic, as I put on my parlor account this morning, is the same liberals who don't want to talk about serious problems in largely minority inner cities, like black-on-black -black crime, the destruction of the black family due to horrible government policies, real problems we can actually fix. They say, no, 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 no. It's a distraction. You're not allowed to talk about that. Hey, I'm openly willing to talk about policing issues, everything else. We've done it on the show for three weeks now. I'll talk about anything. But I really want to talk about the explosion in violence in inner cities that's actually killing young black men. Can we talk about it? No, no, that's a distraction. We can only talk about police brutality. It's all we can talk about. As if they dictate the conversation. You don't dictate to me anything. You don't dictate to me one damn thing. I'll talk about whatever I damn well choose. Got it? The same people, Joe, telling you that's a distraction. You can't talk about black on black crime. The destruction of the black family. You can't talk about that. But we can talk about the Redskins. That's not a distraction. Hmm. 
Talk about the, the Texas Rangers. You don't believe me? The Redskins, I told you this would never stop. This is an actual piece in the Washington Post. Ironically, by an author, this is <laughs> by an author named Karen. Sorry, I'm sorry, but some of you get the, the author's name is Karen. Some of you get the joke, some may not. K- Karen, it's not a pro, there's never been a more appropriate name. So Karen wrote this article in the Washington Post. The Texas Rangers team name must go. Opinion piece by Karen. There's also been a push recently, just in the last few days I've seen, to get rid of the Star Spangled Banner as well. Not kidding. This is not a joke. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you this was never going to stop. Why is it happening? And by, I, I want to be crystal clear because I, you know, I, I love radio and podcasting, but a lot of hosts say that stuff and they leave it there. What do I mean by that? Do you understand they are actively now searching, hunting down every day new things to be offended about that they're not really offended about? Why are they doing that? Because this is not about being offended. None of them are offended over the Redskins name. They're making this up. They're not offended over the Rangers. They're making this up. This is not about being offended. It is about power. It is a pure power play to soften resistance to an ideological movement that has an end game you are not going to like. Amen, brother. You, I know you're picking up what I'm putting down, Armour, because you've been listening to this for, this what, five, seven years we've been doing this show. You, you, you know The it. ideological left is absolutely committed to wiping out anything in their way. The family, religion, anything they consider an obstacle. Family is an obstacle to the radical left. Of course it is, because it's a source of objective values and truth. Objective values. We value people based on their character. Wait, 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 wait. We can't have that. Because then we can't use identity politics. If we're not factoring in race, that doesn't work for us. Wipe the family out. Religion, God, that means there's an objective truth and everybody has rights. No, 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 we're leftists. You only have rights the government tells you you have. Folks, please understand all this. This is done deliberately. This is not a mistake. Anything they see as an obstacle, they will wipe out and attack in a heartbeat. It is about softening the resistance. If you have a boxing analogy, it's about hitting the body blows so they lower their elbows so the jaw opens up. Boom! Next thing you know, you get a, a right or a left, right to the face, and the match is over. They have to soften and weaken your resistance. They are praying for you to email me and go, Dan, the show, it was depressing the last few days. I'm done fighting. I got one of those on my Facebook message this morning. I'm not. I'm not done. I'm not done at all. I get very few of those, to be fair. But to those of you who leave and give up, that's, that's okay. That's your choice. It's a free country. It's not mine. It's not mine, and this show is not for you because we don't give up here. Whatever happens in this 2020 election, I will be starting the fight the next day. If Trump wins, if Trump loses, if we lose the Senate or win it, I will not stop. Maybe a little depressed about it, maybe upset, but the fight will go on. No question about it. I will never stop dancing with you ever. How we do the fight and how we tactically, because you may say, well, you're telling people to get out of blue states too. Yes, because that tactical battle in the bigger war, I believe that battle is lost. But we can still win this ideological war in the end. And we have to buttress our forces in swing states. Ladies and gentlemen, they will not stop. They are trying to soften the resistance by seeking new ways to show you they're in charge, not you. And that's what cancel culture is. They don't have mass examples of overt, grotesque racism. Mass examples. Of course, there's always going to be, uh, 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 sorry, there's going to be episodes, but there are. 
but they need big, bold examples of this all the time to show you how horrible the United States is in, uh, of a country it is, so they can come in and take control and wipe out that patriarchy, capitalistic system. They don't have them, so they hunt them out. The Redskins, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Texas Rangers, the Star Spangled Banner, anything. They have to find it and use it as an example of the hatred, the mass hatred and bigotry that doesn't exist. They can't prove it on a mass scale. So they constantly hunt it out as a power play to soften you up. And every, folks, every single domino that falls when someone acquiesces to this, whether it's the Redskins who are now going to change their name or elsewhere, just incentivizes and emboldens the radical left to do it again and again and again. It will only stop until you start hitting back. I've warned you in this fight here that this is not a golf game. There's no quit. A golf game. You quit in the middle of the golf course, nobody cares. Golf green owner gets his money. Guy behind you plays through. Nobody cares. It's a boxing match. When you quit and give up, they seal off the ring. You can't get out. The referee leaves. The other guy is still beating the snot out of you. You have to fight back. You know what the best defense in boxing is? You ever heard this? I boxed for a long time. I had a terrible defense. I got hit a lot. It's probably why my face looks like it does now with my nose pointing in 12 different directions. The best defense in boxing is a good offense. You ever heard that? Because when you're hitting the other guy, he's not thinking about hitting you. He's thinking about covering up. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to go on the offense here when it comes to cancel culture and start flipping off the cancel culture warriors with the double barrel middle finger and saying, we are not changing our names. We are not canceling the Star Spangled Banner. You can cry and pout, take your Snuggie and your Hostess cupcakes in your basement and your Teletubby videos, go back to mama and start crying, but we're not changing jack squat. Good luck. The cancel culture warriors don't have any heart, folks. Believe me, I use the term cancel culture warriors condescendingly and sarcastically. These are not warriors. These are not our military people. These are not our police officers. These are not our farmers, our electricians. These, are these, these people work for a living. Not the cancel culture warriors who sit at home, again, watching old videos of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers eating Twinkies. That's what they do. All day. They don't have jobs. They don't have lives. They sit on Twitter all day and they hunt out new things to be offended about. It's Karen culture. Ironically, the article was written by Karen of Karen culture. This is what they do. They always want to talk to the manager. This is it. It's all they have. They don't have any heart. They don't have any spine. They will back down when you stand up to them because they they don't know how to fight. I don't mean fight physically. I mean to fight the ideological fight. They don't know how. They've never been challenged. They say change the Redskins name. The Redskins fold. You have to stand up to them. It's never going to stop. Now, I bring this up in light of a resignation yesterday at the New York Times that caused a big ruckus, ladies and gentlemen. It was Barry Weiss, who was the opinion page editor. She wrote a scathing letter upon resignation saying that there was the New York Times has basically turned into the cesspool. We knew it was. I told you that. There is no room for differing opinions. I warned you, folks, this cancel culture will never stop until people stand up. Listen, Barry Weiss was not a friend of ours, not a friend of our movement. 
but she took a stand yesterday and people can be useful in situations like this. Read the resignation. I don't have time for it today, but it's pretty scathing about what goes on at the New York Times. God forbid you have an independent thought at the New York Times. Apparently what they do is, you ever hear a Slack? Mm-hmm. Slack is like an internal, I don't know how to describe yeah. it, like an email app, but it's not public. Yeah. So you can communicate with, you know what it is. Yeah, we had it over right. at uh, Conservative Review. And you could communicate with each other. Apparently, if Barry Weiss dared to express some kind of view about Israel or issues that may be leaning on the conservative side, she was attacked on this Slack app. I expect she may probably file a lawsuit against the New York Times later. Folks, cancel culture warriors are weak. I'm telling you, I'm going to leave it at this because I don't want to go on forever. I got a lot to get to with the lockdowns and everything, but this is really, really critical. I want just to encourage you today and pat you on the back for a moment, just so it doesn't sound like a depressing show because it's not meant to be. You're the real warriors. You're the ones out there who know the fight. Your skin is thick. You've been called everything in the book. You're not xenophobes, anti-immigrant, anti-this. You know the istophobic phobe. You know the whole list. We don't need to go through. You've been called all that. None of it's actually true. And if it is, you wouldn't be welcome here anyway. But it's not. You know that. You have always stood for big R, God-given rights, and fought for everyone. You know that. That's why you're so offended when you're called these names. But over years and years of doing it, you become battle-hardened. Your skin is super thick. You're ready for these fights. They're not. I'm telling you, folks, it's the Lord, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is my judge on this. And I mean it. I'm not using his name in vain. He knows what I'm saying is true. This other side is weak. They are pathetic souls. They don't have an ounce of fight in them. They don't have an ounce of dignity or courage. They attack in packs on Twitter and physically in person, only in groups because they don't have either the moral or physical courage to confront their ideological opponents alone. Know you are on the right side of right on this and they're on the wrong side of right. They are cowards. I have seen them. I have dealt with them. I've dealt with them in law enforcement. I've dealt with them on social media platforms. I've dealt with them at debates. I've dealt with them at events, watching them cower, watching them almost break down in tears. I'll never forget the Montgomery County Fair, a staffer for Chris Van Hall and I getting a debate over taxes. When I asked him he didn't why he didn't pay more uh, taxes, and I got this story later, voluntarily, if he believes in higher taxes, the guy almost cried. I'm not kidding. He has no dignity. His wife was trying to defend him. It was so embarrassing. They have no soul. They have no dignity, not an ounce of courage. Just stay in it for the long game. Please don't give up and don't be depressed over cancel culture. And please, Texas Rangers and others, just flip them the double barrel middle finger. They go away. These people don't have any dignity. And they have no courage at all. Someone's got to stand up. All right, let me get to my second sponsor. And I want to get to this lockdown story because despite zero evidence whatsoever that these lockdowns actually do anything but destroy your food supply, destroy your hospitals, destroy your economy and bankrupt the citizens. There are people actually enacting new lockdowns now as if they're actually committed to destroying the country. Incredible. Today's show also brought to you by friends at Simply Safe. Hey, what's the number one side of a bad home security system? It's a home security system so complicated, you don't use it and then you have no home security. It's exactly the type of security system Simply Safe has spent a decade fighting against. They believe that simple is safe, and it's exactly why Simply Safe is the home security for right now when feeling safe at home has never been more important. We have it here. Paula put it up, and we just added to it, as a matter of fact, right? You just got more sensors. Simply Safe was that she puts them up, no pressure. She's actually handier than I am as uh, 
Joe knows, but really, you don't even have to be handy to do it. I was just lazy. Paula decided to do it first. She beat me to the punch. Simply Safe was designed to be super easy to use. It protects your whole home 24 7. Order online with the click of a button. Open the box, place the sensors, plug it in, and your home is protected around the clock. It was off that little blue light on my system. Alarm off. Hear that every morning. No technician or salesperson has to come and disrupt your house. You don't need to pay any outrageous monthly fees. You don't have to sign a two year contract. They're that confident in their system. Simply Safe was named best overall home security of 2020 by U.S. News and World Report, and their 24/7 professional monitoring and emergency dispatch starts at just 50 cents a day. Head to simplysafe.com/danbongino. Make sure you get the website right and get free shipping and a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's Simply Safe, simply with an I, S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash Dan Bongino. Make sure they know our show sent you, simplysafe.com slash Dan Bongino. Go today, take advantage of their great service. We love it here. Okay, so um, I, I really am in utter astonishment that we're having this argument again about lockdowns. Ladies and gentlemen, are there, I mean, do we need another example of a failing restaurant bar, not failing because its business model failed, failed because the government put them out of business. Do we need more examples of this? I mean, we're going through it. Just please explain to me this. We just came out of some of these lockdowns and we're seeing because of increased testing and other things in travel, we're seeing increased infections and decreased fatalities. So I don't understand, like, did the lockdowns work? Did they not work? And then, by the way, in some of the states that dumped the lockdowns, you're seeing flattening curves all over the place. I don't understand, like, did they work? Are we doing evidence or are we just doing hyperbolic nonsense right now? California, who has the uh, second worst governor in the country, Gavin Newsom, after the dreadful Andrew Cuomo, has decided it's now a good idea to shut down California. Again, here's a Wall Street Journal article today that asks some pretty simple questions about lockdowns. Considering the pain imposed upon your citizens is dramatic enough that you're probably going to destroy hundreds of thousands of lives. We should probably ask if they work before we do that, right? Just throw in that question out there, folks. Wall Street Journal editorial board. California's second shutdown now. Governor Newsom succumbs to pressure and locks the economy again. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no evidence these things work. Do you understand this is being done by tyrannical left-wing nutjobs and people who hate Trump just because they want to crash the economy. They have no scientific basis to show these lockdowns, these universal lockdowns or these, these lockdowns in specific areas. They have no evidence these things work at all. Let's go to the piece. And then I'm going to go to another Washington Examiner piece afterwards showing you how devastating these lockdowns really are. They're supposed to be helping. Quote, no doubt bars and restaurants have contributed to more community spread in many states. But even Mr. Newsom said a few weeks ago that, wait, wait, this is this, this one, Joe. A growing number of cases in California owed to more private gatherings, birthdays and graduation parties and summer barbecues. These are difficult for government to control. Wait, wait keep that up again. So why are we locking down? So he admits the lockdowns. It wasn't, it was private events, but he does it anyway. Goes on the piece. Kind of strange, right? Ask New York Governor Cuomo and six weeks after Cuomo locked down his state, hospitals were still admitting nearly 1,000 COVID patients a day. Really? So the lockdowns don't work? Mr. Cuomo directed them to survey patients about their habits. Oh, this next sentence is fascinating. So locks down the economy. People are still getting infected. Cuomo says, ask them how they got it. 
Lo and behold, nearly all the patients were unemployed or retired and claimed to be sheltering in place. Don't worry, folks. Let's lock it down again, despite no evidence in New York and California, two of our hotspots, despite no evidence those lockdowns actually did anything to curtail growing infection rates. Now, let's just lock it down again and bankrupt people while people are getting sick. This is, ladies and gentlemen, this is a political agenda. It's not based on science. I'm very sorry to break the bad news to you. And, and the public pressure is going to be, an, I can honestly see a seismic political shift in the realignment of American political values and states if this continues. I'm not kidding. If this continues and President Trump is reelected, because if Biden's reelected, believe me, the media will handle the coronavirus coverage entirely differently than they do now. That's a fact. If President Trump is reelected for a second term, you may see a seismic shift in state politics due almost exclusively to these lockdowns. Folks, you can talk all you want about your higher level political, social justice warrior, cancel culture, liberal values. We believe in uh, what, what you what's your bumper sticker? Uh, tolerance or something, which is interesting because they're the ones beating the crap out of everyone, the radical left. You can talk about that all you want. Coexist, all that stuff. All your higher order values as a liberal. I promise you, when your own Democratic governor you pledged allegiance to and you genuflect before bankrupts your business and your family and you're on a food line, all of a sudden you start thinking real differently about where your political stars should align. I'm not kidding, ladies and gentlemen. You are going to see a seismic shift in politics if this continues. And by the way, let me just be clear in case you think, oh, that's just Dan speaking as a partisan Republican. I am a partisan. That's not a secret. I'm a conservative. It's not a, this, this is not a news show. We do news. This is an opinion show from a conservative lens. But it goes the other way, too. Do Republicans out there like Greg Abbott in Texas and others? Governor of Texas and other Republican governors locking down or thinking about locking down your own states. I, I've, the county commissioners in my own county were Republicans. I have never received, I put it out on my social media account yesterday on Parler. I have never received so many emails about Texas as I have over the past few weeks. People furious at Republican Governor Greg Abbott for succumbing to the mask pressure and the other stuff. Never. I'm just telling you what I'm getting. Whether you believe in masks, you don't believe in masks. I have never received a volume of emails about Texas like I have recently. You may see a seismic shift in local politics at the state and local level if this stuff continues. You're going to bankrupt people and you think there's going to be no consequences whatsoever? You're not just going to bankrupt them. You're going to bankrupt their hospitals? Their food supply being strained? And you think somehow this is going to benefit? This is public health? Public health, shutting off the food supply, bankrupting hospitals. Look at this article to Washington Examiner. Be in the show notes today. Bongino.com slash newsletter if you'd like to subscribe to the show notes. The newsletter, as I always say, is the same thing. Newsletter, show notes, I use them interchangeably. David Hogberg, Washington Examiner. Read the article in full today. More hospitals face bankruptcy due to coronavirus losses. Wait, wait, I thought we were locking down the economy for public health or something. I thought that's what we were doing. Because you know what's happening? Elective surgeries where people go in for, and by elective, by the way, it doesn't mean not necessary. Are we clear on that? 
I got a very good email and I appreciate it. You know who you are from a nurse saying, Dan, clarify that elective doesn't mean unnecessary. People think elective, they think plastic surgery and things like that, which by the way, some of that is necessary too. People have been burned. You know, other stuff is cosmetic and could probably elective doesn't mean not necessary. It means a hip replacement. You're not maybe dying from, but you need it now. And maybe you can wait a few weeks. Everybody please. I was so glad I got that email. Thank you to the nurse who sent that to me. Again, elective doesn't mean not necessary. It means it's not critical right at this moment. So you shut down hospitals for elective but necessary surgeries. That's where they make a lot of the revenue. Then bankrupt said hospitals. So now you have no hospital infrastructure to handle the overload of the healthcare system you said you were trying to protect by locking down the economy. This is what in liberal America and rhino America and anti-Trump America passes for logic. Lock down the economy, destroy the food supply chains, bankrupt the hospitals, and do it in the name of keeping people healthier. Really good. Well thought out, folks. Did you take a logic class in college? Was that modus tollens and modus ponens? Remember that? If Remember all that? Did you take that class? You must have failed that. Yeah, let's lock it down despite the fact you're bankrupting your hospitals and the evidence done by surveys during lockdowns in New York, which was the biggest hotspot in the country and has the most deaths anywhere, indicated that the people who were getting infected were home. But yeah, let's continue down this path. Very logical. Ah, man, folks, I'm telling you, if you're not watching this show and other conservative shows, you are being gaslit like I've never seen before by a media absolutely committed to tier one level BS propaganda. And I wish I could use the real word, but we're on terrestrial radio. So I got to be careful about my language. Speaking of the coronavirus, I've been talking about this hot debate about getting kids back to school where they belong or not. This is a very, very serious issue. I told, thank you for all the feedback on yesterday's show. I told the story about my daughter. I don't like to bring my family involved that much, but it really, you know, it hurt me and my wife. It isn't some like act for the show. Like, hey, let's sound all emotional. That's not what we do here. It was tough to listen to my daughter. And a lot of you are in that same boat. You know, we're trying, we're trying to stay involved with her. We're trying to, we have, I mean, we have to work. We have to pay for food and the house and cars. And so you got to live, you got to work. We don't have eight hours a day to sit there and, you know, like you know, I tried to sit down with her and watch some television late at night the, the other day. She likes that AGT show with the great Terry Crews, you know, get her the Oreos and do my routine. But she's, you know, she said, mommy, you know, I'd play with my dollies. And then she doesn't know what to do. She's really, she was sad about it. And it's really hard. These are real issues, folks, affecting real families. And we need to talk about them in real responsible ways. And having amateur hour, immature, you know, fourth grade level intellect people like Nancy Pelosi go on TV and say, sending the kids back to school is going to put them in danger. Real, really, Nancy, sending them, keeping them home for a year of their lives and endangering their future, putting them into a depression and depriving them of social interaction as if they're in a prison. That's not going to hurt their health either. If you thought any of this through, of course you haven't. You're Nancy Pelosi. You don't think anything through. You're an embarrassment to the Congress and the country. Now, we're going to do data and science on this show. And we have a good piece up at Bongino.com. I strongly encourage you to look at. 
by our great fact checker, Matt Palumbo. German study on, they opened their schools and they did a study on what happened. Again, are we doing science here, folks? This is that, I'm just asking for the liberals watching. This study will be up in the show notes too. German study, almost no coronavirus spread at schools that reopen. Uh, again, are, are we, are we, are we doing reason and logic or are we thinking like like seven-year-olds? Pelosi is. Actual adults who want to think this through aren't. You can't say get back to school. No, I can say whatever I want and I will because that's where kids belong. Socially interacting with kids their age, learning to be the young adults they are. They don't belong in a bedroom staring at a screen eight hours a day. There are health effects to that, too. You're not willing to admit it? So, it's a German study. Let's give you the top line on it. They sent the kids back to school. Oh, I sent you a screen. I didn't even have that list. Look at Paula. He comes in right there. So, from the study, it was in Unbiased America. Um, they covered it. An author named Kevin Ryan study, summarized the results of the German study of kids going back to school as such. The study tested more than 2,000 school children and teachers for antibodies since the reopening of schools in Germany in the spring. All right, folks, keep that up a sec. So, fair enough. Study 2,000 school children. So, if your argument that getting them back to school is causing mass danger, how many people you think got infected? 1,000? Well, let's go on. The study found no evidence of widespread virus transmission. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. What? The hysteria crowd hasn't told us that. The study found no evidence of widespread virus transmission. Antibodies were detected in only 12 of the 2,045 people examined. That's not much more at the beginning of the pandemic in March, meaning that very few school children actually caught the disease. Again, forgive me for getting in the way of the panic merchants with actual science and data and logic, but I'm willing to accept your argument that there is a danger. You are correct. There is definitely a danger of spread of this virus anytime there's going to be human interaction. That's how it spreads. It doesn't spread by osmosis. The question isn't, is there a danger? The question is, what's more dangerous? Keeping them home or allowing them to go to school, learn, refresh their minds, taking proper safety measures, disinfection, some social distancing, and doing that. Are you going to have that conversation or are you just going to tell us we want everyone to die? Of course, you're going to do the latter because, again, you have the intellectual IQ level of a four-year-old. Now, there's an actual reason, ladies and gentlemen, that children are less susceptible to this. There have been a lot of hypotheses out there, but I saw an interesting one this morning in Mercury News. Check this out. Again, it'll be in the show notes. Coronavirus. Why kids aren't the germ bags and grown-ups are. That's the <laughs> yeah. actual headline from the piece. Talks about how schools are <laughs> worried about germ bags. I've never used that term before, but Mercury News finds it interesting. The article uh, is written by Lisa Krieger there. So why? Why are kids not the super spreaders we've been told by people like Pelosi and others, the panic merchants, that they're supposed to be? The kids, they're super spreaders. They're killing everyone, the kids. Why is that not actually happening? where 12 out of 2,045 kids had antibodies in a German study. That's a big sample size, by the way. Again, statistics, data, I know that doesn't interest liberals, but to the sane people listening, it should. Well, let's go to the Mercury News piece and talk about actual science. 
Quote, so why aren't kids super spreaders? That's a mystery. Surely we thought their dripping noses and sticky little hands are loaded with germs. Everybody thinks that, right? The super spreader kids. A new study found that younger children have less of a receptor called angiotensin-converting enzyme 2, ACE2, which the virus needs to enter the cells. Expression of the gene for this receptor is lowest in 4- to 9-year-olds. It's a higher in 10- to 17-year-olds, although still lower than in adults. Again, forgive me, folks. That's actual science. I know, again, I, I, I joke and I kid about the forgive me line. But to the liberals listening that find that hard, I know your only comeback to that is going to be, you just definitely want people to die because you're idiots. I'm really sorry. Not all of you, but a lot of you are just imbeciles. Keep the kids at home. 12 out of 2,045 got infected. Really, that's interesting because when they surveyed people up in New York during the lockdown, they found out the people getting infected got it at home. Don't let that get in the way of your argument. The kids are super spreaders. Next thing you know, they're going to put out like a, a panic cartoon, like super spreader kids. They're all like George Romero's like Night of the Living Dead. The super spreader kids. You know what I want? Don't touch the kids. They're super spread. They're going to have like green radioactive fingers like, ah, you touch the kids, the super sp-. That's the only, that's next in their <laughs> agitprop agenda, Pravda-like Soviet Union stuff. There'll be a comic book, avoid the super spreader kid. Don't touch your kids, God forbid. There's no evidence any of that's actually true. Again, it's agitprop, Soviet-style Pravda-level propaganda. You come to this show, we'll give you the actual facts. All right, one more story on this, and then we're going to move on to other topics. I got another, I got a video of Biden who just cannot get out of his own way. My gosh, this guy is a walking catastrophe. Chaos candidate Joe Biden, pure chaos. Chaos in the streets, economic chaos. I got that. Uh, Let me get this Washington Examiner story first. In case you thought the media had any shred of dignity left, uh, these people are the worst. This is Beckett Adams at the Washington Examiner. Again, story be up in the show notes today. The Miami Herald, which is a garbage newspaper and always has been. It's not even a newspaper. It's like a you know mini conspiracy theory blog outlet. Miami Herald shames COVID-19 victim and her mother. This is a real story. It's not, again, a story from the Babylon Bee. So this is a new thing with the media, ladies and gentlemen. Um, they celebrate when people die from coronavirus if they don't tow the media's company line, which is, Put your face diaper on immediately and keep your kids out of school. And if you dare, Joe, to say anything otherwise, like, hey, um, listen, I'm not anti-mask or all, but is this really appropriate universal masking? Is there any evidence? You can't ask that question. If you ask that, you are on, mm-hmm. Joe, you're on the media's Disgusting, hit list. Yeah. You understand that? And if you say anything else crazy, like, hey, I think kids should be back in school, you are to be targeted by the, what they do the media is they probably go through the obituaries. And they find names and they troll their Facebook and go, look at this one who died. They deserved it. They made a Facebook post questioning universal masking and actually used science. Shame on them. It's good they're dead. You think I'm kidding? Dan, that surely is an exaggeration. Read the article from the Miami Herald. It's oh. as ghoulish as you think it is. Here's a screenshot from the piece by Beckett Adams, what they actually did. This is not a joke, Joe. The Miami Herald went and trolled the mother of a 17-year-old young lady that died. This is not a joke. Trolled her social media accounts and was looking for links. Here, the links she posted, which lobbied against mandatory mask wearing in school, 
put the burden on personal risk assessment for families with children in higher risk categories like Carson. That's the daughter. This is an actual line from the Miami Herald. Beckett Adams goes on. He says, yes, you read that correctly. Listen to this. Seriously, for a moment, listen to this. As two parents found themselves faced with the excruciating pain of putting their 17-year-old daughter into the ground, the Miami Herald was harassing them with questions about why they killed their own daughter and spelunking through their mother's social media account for evidence of problematic, unscientific thought. You're disgusting, blanking filth at the Miami Herald. Every bit of you. What you did is a disgrace. The author of that piece should be fired. That piece should be retracted immediately. What you did was disgusting. You trolled the social media account of a mother who buried her 17-year-old daughter to find evidence of thoughts of, of, the, of the thought police that you didn't think were scientific enough to make sure you stuck it in their face. You're disgusting. You're gross. The, the dregs of society, the lowest of the low. I wouldn't even compare you to anyone else at the low end of the sleazeball ladder because I wouldn't want to offend them by, cl by classifying them in the same category as the pseudo-journalist who wrote that piece. 17-year-old daughter, they're burying her, and you're trolling their social media to embarrass them in an alleged newspaper. What a disgrace. You know, and don't ever forget, if I may leave you with on this story, with just a moment of positivity in light of this grotesque story about the scum at the Miami Herald that wrote this. You know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice, got an infection, apparently bad enough that she had to be hospitalized, uh, not too far from Joe up in Baltimore. I did not see one serious conservative on social media anywhere, say anything other than, including the president himself, wish you the best. That's terrible news. She's 87 mm. years old. Not one. And I echo every one of those sentiments. I would never, ever, ever dare on this show, and I wouldn't allow anyone else to do it. It doesn't even matter. Allow because they wouldn't even think about it. It doesn't even matter. She didn't even say that. Ever. To celebrate the death of my political ideological opponents from coronavirus because I thought I was making a point. Are you that sick? I'm not kidding to the people at the Miami Herald and the editor who thought this was a good idea. Are you really that sick? You know, the Miami Herald, I, I, I'm pretty confident we have a larger audience than they do. Our show, our social media accounts. I'm pretty... I'm, I, I'm so glad to take the mantle and be able to fight back because years ago when they printed with barrels of ink, it was asymmetric warfare and they could attack you and attack the family of a dead 17-year-old and there was no penalty. I encourage you today to strongly reconsider ever picking up or clicking on another link from this disastrous, disturbed outlet again. Ghouls. Nothing more than ghouls. And to the parents of that daughter, God rest her soul, you deserve better than this just disgusting all right um speaking of disgusting you have that Maisie hirono video here's another one uh this is again what we've degenerated into here media attacking the parents of a 17 year old that sadly perished before her time 
We're starting again with the 2020 election cycle stuff. You know, the media can't stand you and Democrats and liberals largely can't stand you either. Here's just a quick video before I move on to my Biden story, my next sponsor. Here's a quick video of Senator Maisie Hirono, failed conspiracy theorist, one of the worst senators, knows nothing, has been caught in her ignorance a thousand times in hearings, not knowing the first damn thing what she's talking about. Here's Maisie Hirono telling you all who support President Trump, you know, freedom and liberty and that kind of stuff, how you're all a bunch of white supremacists again. They're trying the same Hillary deplorable tactic. It worked so well in 2016. Check this out. We should be dealing with the racism that is in our country to which the president speaks to, because he has a base of supporters who are very anti-immigrant and uh, white supremacists. That's who, that's the, a lot of his base and that's who he speaks to. So the divisiveness continues. Again, more evidence with AOC and elsewhere that we should strongly consider an IQ test for public office. I'm just saying. It shouldn't even be that high, Joe. Mm. Maybe like a 91, 92. Yeah. If you could pass it at a basic level of competency, I would because I'm not sure Maisie or AOC would get through that or Bernie Sanders or anyone else for that matter either. I'm just saying maybe an IQ test. Yeah. I'm not, you know, we can all we, we, we can toss them around different tests. Maybe one of those ocean personality tests. You know, what is it? Openness, competitiveness, <laughs> extroversion, aggressiveness, neuroticism. <laughs> I remember that. You believe that? That was like 20 years ago in graduate school. Maybe you should give them one of those just to make sure they're not crazies. You're all yeah. white supremacists if you support Donald Trump. Yeah. It worked so well in 2016. Yeah, yeah, right. Deplorables wasn't good enough, Joe. Now they're they just forgot. going white for the right Holy supremacists. Right. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. they're, they're skipping right over deplorables now, right to the top. Because there's nothing worse you can call someone, right? So they're skipping over the the yeah. less less offensive ones, the smelly people. Oh. Wait, wait, if there's a if there was a totem pole of offensive, like What's the bottom? The Peter Stroke? Like, it's offensive, but less of is, is the bottom of the totem pole the Peter Stroke FBI right. agent smelly Walmart people? Is that worse than deplorable? I'm not sure. I, I don't know if we had to rank them. But definitely, definitely at the top is you're all white supremacists. White supremacists, deplorable, oh, yeah. smelly, stinky Walmart people at the bottom. I, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I'm having time. They're just going right to the top now. Deleting smelly Walmart people in the pole, right for the white supremacist line. Maisie Hirono. Again, additional evidence. IQ test for public office. All right, um, let me get to my last sponsor. I'm going to get to Biden, um, who, again, is just uh, losing his mind and caving in completely to the far-left radical mob. Nine years, Joe. Nine okay. years, we're all going to be dead. Do you know that? Yeah. All, all right. of us. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. Start the, yeah, all your life insurance policies. Get ready for them now. All right. Today's show, our final sponsor and a good one, is brought to you by iTarget. Listen, 2020's reminded us about the importance of self-reliance. We've seen the coronavirus and civil unrest bring out the worst in some people. It's sad to watch. And the fact is, as we've seen, the police, they're great, but they can't be everywhere all at once. That's why it's so important to be properly trained if you're an owner of a firearm. Safety, 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 and precision matters. You have to practice with your firearm. It's useless if you don't know how to use it effectively. iTarget Pro is one of the best ways to dry fire train with your firearm. You can do it at home with their proprietary app and laser round. It's convenient, safe. It'll save you a ton of money on ammunition. You don't need to wear a mask to use it either. What's dry fire training? It's when you safely unload your firearm and you depress the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon. What does that allow you to do? It doesn't have a round in it. What is that going to do? It does a lot of things. Allows you to control your reaction time, your sight alignment. I don't even need to read any because I did this when I was in the Secret Service. We always did dry firing. Your muscle memory, your sight picture your grip, how to get up against that backstrap on the firearm, 
how to properly align your fingers, how to get that thumb on the side. You can do all of that. The problem with dry firing is there's no round. So you don't know where it would have landed on a target. It's dry. Now with the iTarget system, they'll give you a laser round. When you depress the trigger, that laser goes off and you'll see on your app on the target they send you where it would have landed on the target. Right now, get 10% off plus free shipping with the offer code DAN. They have 223, 5.56, 9mm, all the major calibers. Don't let circumstances dictate whether you're going to train or not. Got some time? Take back control. Train today with iTarget Pro. That's the letter iTargetPro.com. iTargetPro.com. You're going to love this system. Use offer code DAN. iTargetPro.com. Go today. Don't wait. Okay. All right. So getting back to this, Biden is losing his mind, Joe. Um, you know, if, if these climate catastrophe people who've gotten their claws in Biden and convinced them to go down this nihilistic route where we're going to destroy the economy over predictions that have never come true about how the world is going to collapse in nine years. Nine. I thought it was yeah, 12 no. years, Joe. Now it's nine years. I'm just, yeah. Joe, serious question. I'm not messing with it. It's not a joke. If, the, if anyone actually believed, right, believe these 12-year, mm-hmm. nine years, pretty soon it'll be five years, the world is going to collapse due to... Um, uh, the climate catastrophe, mm-hmm. they keep telling us it's coming. A, a very serious question. Don't you think life insurance, people would be like no, cashing out yeah, right now the, in mass? Uh, the, the waterfront uh, real estate? Uh, uh, <laughs> Joe, I'm just uh, serious question. If it was you, yeah. so Joe, you're, you're a smart guy. If you knew, if you believe this, that you had, Joe, not, Joe says we is mm-hmm. not Joe Armacos, Joe Biden, says we have nine years to go. Joe, would, no, would man, you be I'm holding your it. stocks right now? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we got Joe you on bet. tooth and Joe would cash out his life insurance. He'd be selling his stocks. And Joe, would you, would you, would you live it up? I mean, would you go out no, nine? We got, yeah. only got nine years to go. The whole planet's going to collapse. You know, you'd yeah, probably say, yeah, you know, time yeah, to party cool. a little yeah. bit. Most people would. I'm, uh, yeah. A few brewskis, maybe some uh, Casa Dragones on a what Saturday is? night. Whatevs. I mean, would you work out as much? You're like, it's all going to be over in nine years. Maybe I'll cut my workouts to twice yes, a week. Sir. Now, Joe, <laughs> if you had waterfront property, would you keep the waterfront property or do you think if you knew in nine years it was going to be underwater apocalypse style, wouldn't that property be worth <laughs> almost nothing, right? Because everybody knows in nine years it's underwater. I'm just, I'm just checking. No, you'd be nobody to sell it to. Good question, <laughs> yeah. producer Joe. How would you get, you'd have no buyers. And by the way, it's mostly liberals who live in waterfront <laughs> stuff because they're fake phone. You ever go to like Cape Cod or Martha's Vineyard? Beautiful places. I love them. Whole lot of liberals there yeah. live on the waterfront. Why are they not selling? Matter of fact, why did Obama just buy that property? Was it Martha's Vineyard or whatever for like $742 trillion on the floor? It's going to be underwater next year. Why did he do that? Seven hundred four. It wasn't seven. I'm just kidding. I think it was like 15 million, whatever, whatever the exact number. Why wasn't it worthless? Joe asked a great question. Why would you live in a property in nine years? You're going to have to swim to your bedroom. My elbows. Why would you do that? You're going to be snorkeling in your bathroom. You don't even need to flush the toilet. Just pee in the pool. Your whole house is a pool. What's the point? The toilet's underwater. (laughs) Joe, was that Caddyshack with the baby Ruth bar? Some of you are getting the joke. What is that? That'd be your house. That'd be your, some of you get, Paula has no idea because she's never seen it. Some of you get, that'd be your whole house. Everything's underwater. So what's the point? The answer is because nobody believes it. No one believes this crap. Nobody who's sane, sane. So I'm not talking about the radical left. Nobody who's sane actually believes this. But here we go. That's the longest tease ever. 
Here is a delusional Joe Biden, Captain Chaos, Captain Chaos, Joe Biden, in a video claiming in nine years, we're all going to be, we only have nine years left. Check this out. Science requires a timetable for measuring progress on climate that isn't three decades or even two. Science tells us we have nine years before the damage is irreversible. So my timetable results is in my first four years as president. The jobs we'll create, the investments we'll make, and the irreversible steps we'll take to mitigate and adapt to the climate change and put our nation on the road to net zero emissions no later than 2050. <laughs> no. You understand he doesn't actually believe any of that, right? Even, even in his diminished cognitive yeah. state, and I don't say it as a joke, it's just clear to anyone who's watching, even in his diminished state, Biden believes none of that. Biden's from Delaware. Delaware, last time I checked, is near Maryland and Virginia. It is near the Atlantic. It's I'm real, just, real near the Atlantic. <laughs> Delaware. Yes, yes, that is true. Right, yeah. Joe, you're not far no. from there, right? The Atlantic Ocean, Delaware, and that's okay. Just check. Paula, we went to a beach there once, yeah. right? It was an actual Rehoboth, beach, Bethany. correct? Yeah. Isn't Rehoboth mm -hmm. in Delaware? Is that in Delaware? Yeah. Yeah, Bethany. Yeah, yeah, we went there. So it does, yes, there is some. What, what, he better move tomorrow. It's going to be underwater. Underwater, underwater, Joe, Joe Biden. So remember Joe Biden, the rumors about oh. him swimming naked in the pool. I don't know anything about those. I'm just saying, Joe Biden be swimming in his own house. Gets up, he can sleep naked. Maybe he needs one of those floaties. You put the floaty, you sleep with your head back, you wake up. How are you going to have an alarm clock? Going to be floating in the water? Going to be like, in a, what, a, what are you going to have to wind it so it has no electric in it? What's he going to do? Use the old ones with the ringers that were super annoying with the two bells on the top? Why isn't he selling? Because he's full of crap. He doesn't believe any of this. Now, in the interest of facts and data, which we do here, despite interdispersed jokes, sarcasm, sometimes seriousness. Here's a great video I saw. Hat tip the Heritage Foundation. This is terrific. It's, the video is a little longer. It's about three, four minutes. I, don't, I, don't, I didn't get the whole. We only took like a minute in the beginning, in the interest of time. But showing you how ridiculous these climate hypotheses are that we're all going to die in nine years. Here's some actual data about even if their predictions were true about this nine-year coming apocalypse, Biden said, what would us bankrupting our energy industry actually do even if any of this was true? Check this out. This is good. In the 1970s, Americans were told we were in a global cooling crisis. And if something weren't done, we'd enter a new ice age. When that didn't happen, a few decades later, we were told that entire nations could be wiped off the face of this earth by rising sea levels if the global warming trend was not reversed by the year 2000. Despite the consistent failure of these apocalyptic warnings, that hasn't stopped climate change alarmism. We're now being told we only have 12 years to combat climate change, and the solution is to fundamentally dismantle the system of free enterprise. That means Washington controls things like how we produce energy, what food we eat, and what type of cars we drive. The question is, even if we believed their alarmist, catastrophic predictions, would their proposals even work? Not according to climate scientists' own models. Based on those models, even if the United States cut its carbon dioxide emissions to zero, it would only avert global warming by a few tenths of a degree Celsius in 80 years. We would see no noticeable difference in the climate, yet it would come at enormous cost to the American people. 
So just to be clear, like on the science and, you know, science, by the way, when liberals say science, they mean propaganda. When we say science, we mean actual science. So if we cut our carbon emissions to zero, no tailpipes, no factories, definitely no farting cows or anything like that. I don't know what, you you know, plugs or whatever, however you're going to handle that might get painful for them after a while. Not really sure how we're going to handle that. That include humans too. I mean, really, you might want to avoid. Bino will certainly be selling out there. So no carbon emissions at all. They'll be like, oh, those are methane. I get it. It's a joke. I get it. We're doing actual science. So no carbon emissions at all here. It would take 80 years to reduce the global temperature by a fraction of one degree. Just just checking. It sounds like a that sounds like a good a great idea. You think you're having a tough time explaining your ridiculous, counterproductive lockdowns to bar and restaurant owners you've now bankrupted in some of the biggest states in the country? Try explaining to the entire country how you took away their cars, their businesses, their gas, uh, the gasoline. Hmm. What, what, well, we can't have gasoline. We got to have windmills. So windmills only run when it's windy. Um, well, we'll use solar. Solar. The sun shines 24 hours a day. Ah, uh, no, it doesn't. Okay. So we're going to have to get a bunch of lithium ion batteries. We'll have to ask the Chinese for their rare earth minerals. Oh, yeah. We had an article about that yesterday at Bongino.com about that. So, yeah, they haven't thought any of this through. So good luck explaining to the whole country how you're going to bankrupt them, cost them their jobs, and cost them a to fill your gas tank will cost about $7,000 a week. Good luck doing that. You think you've alienated people with your lockdowns. Good luck with your Green New Deal. They'd never do it, folks. They'd never do it. They'd never do it because they honestly, and I don't mean, I don't mean this, they don't have the guts to do it. AOC is a fraud. She doesn't know the first thing about the economy. She doesn't know the first thing about, she doesn't know the first thing about her own Green New Deal. They would never enact this because there would be an economic revolution in the country. People would be, they're furious about these lockdowns. You want to bankrupt the whole country to cut a tenth of a degree or whatever in 80 years? Ridiculous. All right, good on time. I want to get to this last story that we're doing good on time here. National Review. Uh, my good friend, Andrew McCarthy, who does some terrific writing over there. His article will be in the show notes too. You know, sometimes I say things and I like to put meat on the bone a few days later. It's important. I want you to know that these things actually work. I don't want you to think I come into the show and I, I do a lot of prep. Don't let this one and two page thing confuse you. This takes for hour, every hour of the show, it's about three, four hours of preparation time. That doesn't even include the day before when I start filtering through articles to find out what I think would be most interesting. But I, I, I throw things out there because I believe they're based in the real world, either anecdotal data, because not everything's done in some scientific study, or because there is some science backing it up. And one of the things I proposed the other day as a former law enforcement officer was that President Trump could make a real impact in New York, Chicago, L.A., and elsewhere where crime, shootings, homicides, murders, crime in general, in some cases, is just exploding. He can send in the federal law enforcement entities. He needs and requires no permission from these local entities at all. It's better to have it. It's better to have a cooperative work environment with local law enforcement, but the president doesn't need it. Let me be crystal clear. The FBI, DEA, Secret Service, which I was a member of, we have a big criminal operation there. We do financial fraud. The IRS, ATF, they do not need local authorities to do what they do. There are federal laws they have exclusive jurisdiction over. I need to be crystal clear on that. When you do task forces, they can be 10, 20, 30 person units. The nice part about a task force, I was on one, is that 
you don't have to go hunting around for people who have specialties in federal law enforcement. Okay. Joe, I'm going to explain something as the audience referee. Make sure this makes sense. So when I was on this financial crimes task force in the New York office, the Melville resident office out there in the Secret Service, there was a ton of credit card fraud on Long Island. Some of these cases were hard to prove because you, could, you didn't have them on video or something like that. So we would subpoena information. If you had a guy, a suspect in a bigger case, getting tax, re tax records is really tough, sometimes almost impossible. But we had an IRS guy on the task force. You could call him up and say, hey, does this rate this case or not? And he'd give you advice like that. Didn't have to go hunt him down. Didn't have to find him. He was right there. Likewise for the FBI. We worked a case one time that was a massive international credit card fraud scheme. It was huge, over $300 million. It was the biggest case I ever worked. I needed the FBI because we found out there was a nexus to a terror group. And they have almost exclusive, in some cases, jurisdiction over counterterrorism. The FBI guy was great, super helpful, was right there, called him up, came over every day. He was part of the task force too. It was terrific. These things work. The president could do this tomorrow in big cities, go in there and start perp walking people who are ripping up and tearing up these big cities if they can get them on federal crimes. Now, showing you these work, Andy McCarthy had this great piece. It's in the National Review. Read it. About his experience as a prosecutor with these actual task forces. It's called Washington versus Violent Crime. Check it out. It's worth your time. And down at the bottom, something I told, this piece came out after, I, or, or I did not see this piece before, but he said something that I had addressed on the show the other day, Joe, to the audience that I'm telling you is real. Bad guys really don't like mm -hmm. federal prison or federal court. You want to hear it from a prosecutor himself? Here's McCarthy, quote, National Review. He says a couple of times a week, this is when he was involved with these task forces years ago, in Hell's Kitchen, Washington Heights, and other hotspots in New York, they'd hold a federal day where the NYPD, working with the DEA, would take the day's arrestees to federal court instead of city central booking. Rather than the revolving door of the New York City system, where the bad guys were let back out on the street before the cops could even finish their paperwork, this is true, I was there on both sides of it, Arrestees would face real bail conditions, stiff charges, and tough sentences. Folks, that is a fact. Fact. The verdict is in, Mr. McCarthy. Correct. Federal court is much more organized. The bail conditions are real. And I'll never forget locking people up on the task force. And the magistrate, when you bring them for their initial appearance or whatever it may be, says, the gavel goes down, they go... Bail said it, $250,000. The guy's like, wait, what? What do you mean? $250,000? Mm. You, you know what they're used to, Joe? New York City court. The bail is set at negative two hundred fifty. <laughs> we are going to give you $250,000 and tickets to a Met game. Thanks. See you later. The New York City system was a joke. It was a joke. Until Giuliani came in and cleaned it up. It was an embarrassment. They would spend the night, the criminals, mm. they'd call it the bookings. They'd be like, hey, go to bookings. You're out the next day. That was it. You were out. You never have them, have them overwhelming number never went to Rikers or anything. They go to the federal system. They'd be in a panic. I was there. I arrested a lot of people in the federal system. The look on their face when they look at their lawyers like, what do you mean? Bail's $500,000? I'm used to $5 bail and free Mets tickets. No, no, you're in federal court now. Folks, words gets around. Listen, not all these criminals are stupid. They're not. You deal with some of them are actually pretty smart. They're schemes. You're like, gosh, if this guy applied this to an actual business career, he'd be a millionaire. I'm not kidding. Some of them are very clever. They figure it out quickly. 
They talk to themselves. They talk in groups. They talk to others. They tell others, don't get arrested by the feds. I got a $250,000 bail last time it happened. I didn't get out of jail for six months because I couldn't do the bail. They talk. They're afraid of that stuff. It matters. The president needs to do this as soon as possible. He'll shut down this crime in these major cities tomorrow. It's important. A lot of those citizens are, you know, they're, they're there. They're tired of this too. It's time to stand up. There's nothing better than being on the right side of the law and order, uh, you know, the whole law and order scenario. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe to the podcast. We Listen, we're being um, attacked, let's say, by a lot of companies right now. I don't mean like, I mean on the tech side. Please subscribe. It helps us wither this stuff. It's really ruthless. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. All free. It doesn't cost you a dime. But I'm, I'm humbly and with the greatest of respect, I mean that, asking that you subscribe, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, YouTube, it's important, youtube.com slash Bongino. It really helps us fight back. We're dealing with a lot behind the scenes. I don't publicize on the show in the interest of time. I don't want to bore you to death. But you'd be helping me enormously if you would subscribe. It's all free. Thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard Dan Bongino.